You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand rising, everyone. Welcome to the David Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and I want to welcome you to a fantastic Friday Eve. That's right. It is Thursday, and it's so nice and warm outside, but it's also warm right inside because I got some phenomenal guests I'm bringing to you on this episode today. I'm excited because I get to sit down with Ramika Jones, director for Pub. I kept doing this, Director for Health Promotion and Education for the Department of Health. She's here to tell us all about the They Think They Know You campaign. Y'all have been seeing us run those ads. Of course, this is a campaign dedicated toward, you know, dismantling the myths of tobacco use in the Black community. And so I'm so grateful that she is here. I'm also grateful because Paul Jackson's in the building. Paul has been doing lots of work in the city, and I'm so glad that he is here to talk about the work he's done and how the city has change through his eyes. But of course, y'all, it is the top of the show. So it's a great time to tag and share this stream. You get to participate with us. Go ahead, tag and share the stream with folks you feel who could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. And if you cannot watch our TV show, we have you covered because you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, you name it. Whichever podcast platform is your favorite. There's like... 200 of them. I don't even know all the names, but whichever one is your favorite, y'all just search for us and you will find us there. Uh, Shout out to everybody who's making all the work happen behind the scenes. So appreciative of our Converge Media crews, not only out there in the field, but also right here in the studio and also in the podcast world. Thank you for the work y'all do. And shout out to those of you who are out there supporting our work. We appreciate all of your support donations. We used to always shout out the $5 family. Kudos to you uh, for allowing your donations nations to sit here and support what we're doing here. Grateful for all that y'all do out there by spreading the word and bringing us those donations. So keep them coming. Uh, But of course, I'm excited because right now I get to talk to Ramika Jones. Hi, Ramika. Hi, how are you, Trey? I'm doing amazing, and I'm so glad that you're here. This is something I've been seeing in terms of the ads we've been running. But before we get into the campaign, I really want to hear about your background. What brought you to the Department of Health? Yeah, Trey. So I've worked in public health for about 10 years um, doing health education and promotion work. Actually, my my first uh, job in grad school was actually working on tobacco uh, marketing campaigns um, with youth so that they were working to do similarly to this campaign. They think they know you um, really working with their community members to get them to understand how the tobacco industry targets African-Americans to get them to start using their products. Um, and I came here to Washington State Department of Health by way of uh, Harris County Public Health um, in June of 2021. 
Wow. So you've been there for a couple of years now. Two years now. <laughs> yes. Settled into to Washington State. Um, but, you know, this is some really specific work y'all are doing. And there's so many different things to tackle in your role. Give us some of those highlights about uh, how you bring your brilliance to the role and to Washington State. Yeah, so um, a large part of my role as a director for the Center for Health Promotion and Education is to oversee uh, the agency's public health work. And so our social marketing campaigns that think they know us, you may have seen a lot of the work around COVID-19. If you saw any of the vaccinate wall, um, we did a campaign that was focused on African-Americans to increase our COVID-19 vaccination rates um, that was called We Consider. And so it was focused on trying to... Uh, tackle the vaccine hesitancy issue that many African-Americans have in many other, you know, communities of color when it comes to um, getting real information, right? So we know that with social media and other things, there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation that's out there that specifically targets communities of color um, that contributes to some of our poor health outcomes. And so a large part of my role in working with my team is to make sure that we are addressing those issues and bringing accurate information to those communities in a way that is uh, palatable for them, that relates to them, that um, gets them the information that they need. Yeah, this is so important. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, I'm always talking about the fact that yeah, as a as a comms person myself, like there's something very specific about how the community gets to engage with the work, no matter what level of government or what industry. There's yeah. something specific about the outward messaging. How have you been intentional when you talk about creating messaging that's palatable for global majority communities? Yeah, so a large part of that is working with actual people from the community. So one of our partners here is the Anchor Group, which is a black media company here in the Seattle, Washington area, um, as well as partnering with other organizations that actually represent the people from those communities. And so in working with them, they, able, they are able to sort of reach folks in a way that I think when you put on your government hat, right? So people are like, oh, you work for the government um, and maybe a little bit more resistant to actually coming and engaging with us. And so by partnering with folks who come from the community, who look like them, who talk like them, who understand some of their reservations and trying to um, take whatever public health action we're trying to, you know, messaging we're trying to get to them, I think that it builds a relationship of trust. And so it's something that's created by people you know, kind of what FUBU for us by is, right? So, so it's kind of taking that concept to public health messaging and public health marketing, which I think we have been able to show through our partnerships with the Anchor Group that when you are doing things that are authentic and actually resonate with community, you are able to help them move and practice positive health behaviors. Yeah, and, and obviously that's got to be one of the major outcomes, right, that you're looking for with these campaigns. How are you able to deduce some of the data and analyze how these campaigns are, you know, being effective out there in community? Yeah, so we use some similar tactics that your general marketing will use. So looking at uh, engagement. So how are people interacting with our, you know, material on social media? Are they resharing? Are they, you know, posting? Um, are they going to the links and the websites that are a part of the advertising to get them to that information? Um, and then there's there's data, right? So for example, when we did the We Consider campaign, we knew what our COVID-19 vaccination rates were in the African-American community in the state of Washington. And so we were able to track over time for the launch of that campaign to um, 
sort of the conclusion of the campaign, were we seeing an increase in people who were getting vaccinated? And we did see our numbers increase um, for African-Americans getting vaccinations. And so it's really working with Anchor Group, working with other, you know, Black-based organizations or community-based organizations and having the boots on the ground, just having, you know, one-on-one conversations with folks. You know, I have attended events with Anchor Group that they've sponsored and just been able to talk to people. And I think for them to be able to see someone who looks like them in this role, actually caring and wanting to make sure that where we're spending our dollars, like we're spending our dollars where we say they need to be invested into communities so that people can have informed uh, decisions. Yeah. Uh, You know, critical messengers are also key to this work. I mean, you just talked about something I was definitely going to hit on because building the trust, uh, particularly in black communities, from my perspective, that is one of the biggest hurdles that I think any type of governmental agency has uh, on their shoulders, in a sense, because we're also dealing with historical harms. And, you know, honestly, folks are just like, oh, as soon as they hear that this is coming (laughs) from a governmental body, oftentimes they shut down. So it's important that, you you know, folks like yourself are present in community to not only just build the campaigns, but be in relationship. Um, We talk about that, the difference between being transactional and relational all the time and understanding in a role like yours, there's work you have to do. Absolutely. But I love hearing that you're also intentional to be at these events and to be present so that people can ask you questions and you can be accessible to them. That's really key to this. Now, this campaign it is a beautiful uh, campaign. Honestly, uh, I love the commercial and there's some intentionality y'all put here because again, we're talking about, you know, a young brother. You yeah. see him go into the corner store and immediately it looks like he's trying to pick out some type of tobacco product. Yes. Tell us about how y'all came up with the concept to work with not only the anchor group, but to partner on this concept to showcase it's not always what folks think it is. And also the name they think they know you. Yes. And so... um that the actual media and the collateral was designed by a black media firm. I am going to give you the name. <laughs> um, and so they came up with the concept. They designed it. They uh, tested that with people from the community to see if it resonated with them. And I think the, the point of the campaign is, you know, we have devices that we have every day in our hands and they collect data on us all the time. And that data is what the tobacco company uses and other companies, Nike, everybody else, they use that data to be able to market their products to us. And I think in that commercial, when you look at it, it's just an everyday person, right? You can see yourself walking down the street, you know, connecting with your community members, saying hi to the lady selling flowers or whatever, you know, street vendors, people out there making an honest living, right? And so you're connecting and engaging with folks every day. And then you go into what are typically found in black neighborhoods, right? A corner store where most people, you know, that's maybe one of the few things that they have access to in their neighborhoods. Um, and you see the young man going and, and picking things and the person's thinking like, oh, you must want these cigarettes. And he's like, no, 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 <laughs> that's not what I'm looking for. Um, you know, I'm here and it's, it's just showing the connection between your community and your environment and how the tobacco industry tries to market products to us in order to, you know, get us hooked to a product. 
Yeah. Well, that's one aspect of this campaign. Tell us more about how y'all flushed out some of the opportunities to create content. And also, I mean, in your role, the education piece that, you know, folks can tap in with, you know, when they go to the website, what more can they learn about how the tobacco industry utilizes certain tactics to try to market to us and get us hooked on these products? Yeah. So uh, if you want to know more, you can go to theythinktheyknowyou.org, which has um, tons of information and resources. It talks about how the tobacco industry in particular targets African-Americans and uh, particularly using menthol tobacco products. Right. So those uh, menthol tobacco products are almost kind of like a flavored cigarette. So by FDA rules that you're not allowed to have like add flavors to tobacco, but menthol is one of the only ones that's acceptable per FDA rules. And so what menthol does is it um, creates a cooling sensation. So it makes it easier to smoke. It makes it easier in your lungs. It's not as harsh. Um, And so people may have a misconception. They're like, oh, you know, this is not as bad as a cigarette that doesn't have menthol. And so they continue to use the product and become addicted to the product. And menthol products in particular have been targeted to African-Americans probably since the 50s. Um, And within our state, when we were doing research, we know that about 5% of the state's population is African-American. However, those persons in our state who report being tobacco users, um, they're four times more likely to use menthol products and about 56% of them actually report using menthol cigarettes. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's something that the tobacco industry tries to market, obviously to African-Americans it's been done, but you know, it's a product that kills, so they got to expand their market, right? So menthol products are attractive to younger folks, to youth. Um, You know, they're trying to start advertising and promoting to the LGBTQ community, the Latino and Hispanic community, um, so that they can really get a customer that's hooked for life. And and research has shown that menthol cigarettes are actually harder to quit than um, your regular, you know, non-menthol tobacco product. So it's really something that they have been genius in doing and trying to, you know, make sure that our community maintains a sort of loyalty shall I say, to menthol cigarettes and not necessarily um, being able to break that habit when people want to quit. But I think if you go to, they think they know you.org, there are resources out there. The 1-800-QUIT-NOW is a resource that you can use. There's resources for young adults who are using menthol products or any type of tobacco product specifically. And so I would encourage folks to go to the website, learn more about the tobacco industry and how they are specifically targeting you to get you to start using a product that they know is harder to quit. They know that once they get you hooked, they kind of have a customer for life. Wow. Ramika, thank you so much for your work. Of course, you just gave us all of the great links, but I still got to give you time to look right there in that camera. (laughs) Let them know if they want to connect with the Department of Health, what y'all are doing in terms of this kind of very specific intentional messaging. You can look right there. Just let them know how they stay plugged in and connected. You can stay plugged in. So you can follow us on any of our social media sites. It is WADOH. on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and then in particular, you can go to theythinktheyknowyou.org if you are looking for resources and more information on menthol. If you would like to get to know more about my team in particular, the health promotion and education team, you can always reach out to me. Um, my email address is ramika.jones at doh.wa.gov. 
Uh, Ramika, thank you so much for being here and shining a light on this campaign and for the work that you're doing at the Department of Health. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Oh, y'all, after this short break, I get to sit down with Paul Jackson, someone who has been in community doing so much different kinds of work. You may have seen him at an event with a camera in his hand. I'm going to chop it up with him right after this short break. Stay tuned, y'all. You're watching The David Trey. Hi, I'm King of Virginia. Just when you thought it was hot in Seattle, it just got hotter. The HBCU Swingman Baseball Classic will be held at T-Mobile Park. Here's an opportunity for these kids to showcase their talent playing baseball because they love the game of baseball. All-Star game before the All-Star game. Not everybody can go to a Power 5 conference, but that shouldn't stop you from playing the game that you love. There's a lot of great players who played our game who went to historical black colleges. So why don't you come show your support, show your love, and stop by. This is powered by T-Mobile, MLB, MLBPA, Youth Development Foundation, the HBCU Swingman Classic at T-Mobile Park. It's going to be hot. Big Tobacco thinks they know everything. They think they know you, your community. The places you go, the way that you spend your time. They think they got you all figured out. Down to a formula. A calculation based off of numbers of what they think they know. Show them they're wrong. Learn more at theythinktheyknowyou.org. The new COVID-19 updated booster provides the best protection available right now. So don't wait. Stay safe this summer and get your updated booster today. To find a free vaccine provider near you, go to kingcounty.gov forward slash vaccine. One in every 500 African-Americans in the U.S. suffers from sickle cell disease. One in three African-American blood donors is a match for patients with sickle cell. One, appointment to donate blood with the American Red Cross can help save a life. Will you be that one? Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood today to schedule an appointment at a location near you. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Of course, we are back with Paul Jackson. Paul's been in the community filming events, creating media, but doing so many other things. What's up, Paul? Welcome. Uh, good afternoon or good morning. Hi, Trey, yeah. how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's okay. good to see you. Good to, see, good to be seen. Yeah. And so just um, not to uh, clarify, but officially it's Dr. Paul Jackson. Doctor! Yeah. I'm a doctor at 98, 1998 from Texas A&M University in computer engineering. Wow. I did my undergrad at Purview. I'm a master's there too. And then when I finished, I was, did three summer internships working for Boeing and here in Seattle. And when they finished, when I finished, they hired me. So I moved me out there and I was doing research in virtual and augmented reality to about 2010 or so. And I switched into the digital video. Um, one thing though, in 1993, I was actually diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. And so I never told anybody at my, work, at my job. And so, <clears throat> you know, when McDonald Douglas bought Boeing, <laughs> joke, Boeing actually bought McDonald Douglas, but it always turned around that when that happens, a lot of the culture from the lesser Entity takes over the major entity. Boeing is a huge provider of military you know, stuff for the United States. And so, again, when McDonnell Douglas bought Boeing, a lot of the research efforts kind of got sidelined and stuff. And then they moved a lot of the, 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 the manufacturing 
because it's a, it's a it's a it's a union state, right? So they went to South Carolina, yep. even though Seattle's where it started, and I think their headquarters is in Seattle. I mean, sorry, in South Carolina, but they're still building stuff here in. Seattle and right. Everett. So, right, right. Well, know. it's good to know that you uh, actually, not only did you get your doctorate, but man, AR and VR now is just huge. And so huge. you were on the cusp of that. Yes. But you've also been doing so many different things in community and have really become a trusted source oh. for so many in terms of, you know, please, you know, capture these moments. Yes, so. And I want to talk to you about the preciousness of the moments that happen in community that oftentimes would not be there for future generations if we did not have folks like yourself on the ground to make sure that these events and these moments are captured. Tell us more about how you kind of maneuvered from doing the work at Boeing to really being in community. Well, because I was doing a lot of videotaping of the research I was doing and I taught myself Final Cut. And so I fell in love with the storytelling process. And so in that transition, I was just hanging out. And so I'd go to events at Langston or I'd go to events that, you know, in the CD, even though I was living more on the North end in Sandpoint, I did wind up living in Pioneer Square for a little bit, but um, just in the community, I've, I've always felt that through all my interviews, actually back up just a little bit. So I volunteered for this nonprofit called Multimedia Resource Training Institute. It was headed by an Ethiopian immigrant and they were stationed at the, at the, at the promenade on 23rd and Jackson where the, um, the, 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 the supermarket used to be, yep. the Red Apple. Yep. And so when Vulcan bought the block, you know, that's kind of messed everything up. And up and down 23rd, 23rd Union was another spot. And so it's good to hear that Africatown has kind of taken over a bit. And then uh, not only there, but actually at 23rd in Yesler, because they were given the, the, um, the fire station notes there. So things are happening. But, I mean, I, I don't want to say but. And the, the, um, the migration, the gentrification of Seattle is really happening. And so, unfortunately, I had to move to Tacoma. Cause it was getting too expensive for me. Yeah, <laughs> so, so many others. Yeah, I know. But fortunately, uh, I got remarried and my, my wife now, Jasmine Brown, is a sister and she's an artist and she's actually a public art manager for the city of Tacoma. And she's also done some great work. There's a statue, full size bronze statue of Billy Gray Shirley, 17 year old brother who was killed in a gun violence incident. No gang relation or anything like that. He always wanted to have a community center. And so his mom got enough money to build the Eastside Community Center. And as you enter in, you'll see the full-size bronze statue that my wife made. She also made a bust of Dr. Maxine Mims. Dr. Maxine Mims, who turned like 95 this year, started Evergreen College in Hilltop in Tacoma. And so, I mean, my wife is doing some great work. So you all are a dynamic duo because you're out here filming things going on in the community. And, and I appreciate you talking about just being in community. Yeah. You know, folks got to see you because you were at events. You had your camera out there. You were pulling pieces together, doing the editing in the back end. That's really important. But you also just mentioned a lot about how the city has changed. It has really affected so many different families yes. and still continues to to do so, but I appreciate that you are plugged in enough to understand this kind of wave, almost like a renaissance that's taking over once again. I mean, when we look at Jackson now, yes, there are huge buildings, exactly. but there are also many black businesses coming back to the area. Tell us about how that is resonating with you as we're seeing this kind of wave of intentional development that is geared toward bringing black families and businesses back to the Central District. Well, it's interesting to bring this up because now I live in Pierce County. I no longer live in King. 
And so there's there's grants and things that are, are available to to just residents of King County. So unfortunately, right now I'm not really uh, uh, able to do that unless I find somebody I can use their their dress. <laughs> but no, since my wife is working uh, as a public art manager in King County in, in Tacoma, there are also opportunities for Black businesses there. Now there, I'm wearing this this T-shirt, the Black Collective. It's a group of Pierce County African Americans that have met every Saturday since 1968. Yeah. I think they've only missed two Saturdays in that 50 plus years time span. And so they have a lot of subcommittees and one of the committees is about black business. And so they talk about all the time about, you know, making sure that your business is there. And actually um, related to business today, there is the African-American Reach and Teeth Health Ministries, which is out of Renton, but they're doing a workshop on chronic disease management in, at, uh, at a church at Plymouth church yeah. in, here in Seattle. And incidentally, Plymouth Church was the only church that would allow Dr. Martin Luther King to speak when he visited those 50 years ago. Wow. And so, yeah. So Wow. Now yeah. run by Reverend Kelly Brown. Yes, I mean, doctor. you're talking. Yeah. Dr. Reverend. Reverend, Reverend. Yeah. <laughs> Reverend, Dr. Exactly. Dr. Reverend. Right. right? right. Kelly Brown. It's, it's, it's great because honestly, there's a lot of folks who are bringing their brilliance, not only to King County, but also Pierce County and really the connections between the two. I, I feel like I've seen more of that uh, in the in the last few years than I have throughout my lifetime. We're really seeing the need for uh, black communities in particular to really come together, no matter what the background and history has been. I think we're seeing a lot of that too. So I'm glad that you're out there in Pierce County pushing for community now, Paul. You have a huge, rich history in King County. Thank you for the work that you've been doing to be on the ground, to be intentional and in building relationships. You just called out Black Collective run by brother Lau Kwasim. That's I was right. just, you know, he just got an award. I yep. just uh, was with him a couple of different times right. in community. And also it's great because we need more of this intentionality to really uh, highlight and spotlight our organizations that have been doing the work and that are continuing to do it. So Paul, thank you for oh, being welcome. with me. Thank you for the work that you have done in community. Um, of course, you know, folks will be continuing to stay tapped in. And I'm glad to know that now you're also uplifting what's going on in Pierce County. Paul, thank you so much. I'm trying to. You're welcome. You're Absolutely. welcome. Absolutely. Okay. So great to see you with you. Yes. Oh my gosh, y'all. I told you it was going to be a fantastic Friday Eve. That's right. I get to wrap up all of this fantasticness right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. Of course, I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What a great episode. I got to give a huge shout out to my guest, Miss Ramika Jones. Oh, my goodness, with the Department of Health and also Paul Jackson out here in community doing it for community. And he just mentioned that he has over 600 different videos on his Vimeo account. So you can check him out. Go to Vimeo, search for Paul Jackson. You will find Dr. Paul Jackson's work uh, there. And, and it's great because the city of Tacoma is also going to be utilizing some of his works in their archives. So it's going to be great to understand again that these guests right here providing inspiration for y'all out there. Also for me in here, uh, I'm inspired by what they share today. Of course, uh, Ramika Jones, you know, sharing how important it is to debunk the myths around tobacco use in the black community and doing it with credible messengers and ensuring that the content that is created from the Department of Health is 
actually done by those who are from those communities that they're looking to target, which is so important. And it was great to hear that Paul is now invested in the community in Pierce County and Tacoma with the work that he started here in King County when he was brought by Boeing. You know, these kinds of stories elevating and uplifting them is what the David Trey is all about. And I'm so grateful to both of them for providing some inspiration to me today. So y'all be inspired yourselves. There's a wide variety of ways that you get to see yourself as a part of the solution. Take that nugget in with you today and look for those ways as I encourage you every time to find your way. Well, of course, y'all, I'm wrapping it up today, but join me, of course, tomorrow at 11 a.m., y'all. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.